0: Well, it is so good to see each and every one of you today. Welcome to Living Hope Christian Center. Uh, we are now ready to continue with our series on the Book of Revelation, and today uh, we are looking at a new passage of Scripture uh, that is found in Revelation chapter eleven, verse nineteen, all the way through to twelve, uh, verse seventeen. Now, we're not going to read that entire. Uh, that's a. We're going to stop, I think, at verse eleven, but uh, we're going to read some. Uh, We're going to read quite a chunk of scripture today, and uh, I want you to get this. Okay, let's just pray. I'll get into the passage, and uh, then we'll nail it down, shall we? Father, bless this time we have together. Speak to us by the power of your word and and spirit. Through the pages of your holy scripture, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Starting with chapter 11, verse 19, this is the last verse of chapter 11. This is what it says. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple and there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake and great hail. Chapter 12. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and His throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Amen. Amen. All right. I almost feel like we need to pray again, but we don't. So I I want us to try to experience this passage of scripture the way John experienced it on the island of Patmos. We look at the enormity of the book of Revelation and we think, man, to delve into this whole thing, it would take weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon. If I were to do a 20, I mean, there's 22 chapters in Revelation. If I did a 22 part series on this book, we still couldn't cover everything. I mean, it's like we could do a seven part series on each chapter in the book of Revelation yeah. and we still couldn't cover everything. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we literally could spend an entire year. We could spend multiple years going through the book of Revelation and we would not cover everything. But I want you to understand, number one, John received this entire book of Revelation, all of the visions therein, all of the words therein, in one Sunday afternoon.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, imagine, it's like drinking from a heavenly fire hose. (laughs) Can you imagine? He does not have time to break down every image.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Just in this one passage. He's writing furiously. (laughs) He's writing furiously. He's saying, oh my God. And he's writing that down and he's saying, oh my God, he's writing that down and he's saying, oh my God. And he's doing that all for an entire day. This is his Sunday service. And just in this passage, we get to Revelation chapter 11 and the end of it is the end of the seven seals. Remember, we talked about the seven seals on the scroll in the right hand of him who sat on the throne that we saw in Revelation chapter five. From Revelation chapter six, All the way to the end of chapter 11, those seven seals are being opened and these seven different forms of judgment are being released on the earth. And then we get to chapter uh, 11, verse 19, and it says, then, now we're transitioning to a new section. The seven seals are done. The seven seals are over. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven. It's interesting that word opened. The temple of God is opened. Remember in, in Revelation chapter 4, John said, I looked and a door was open in heaven, and a voice said, Come up here. And so now we're seeing again, something is open. So John goes through the door into the heavens and now within the heavens, the temple of God is open. And so he's going from one level of revelation to another level of revelation from one open door. He goes through that door and now there's another open door within that open door. How many know that no matter what God shows you, no matter where he takes you, no matter what revelation he gives you, there's always another level and another open door. And this is not the last open door that we're going to see. This is not the last open that we're going to see in the Book of Revelation, so stay tuned. But suddenly the temple of God is open in heaven, and the Ark of His covenant was seen in His temple. uh, More than one commentator has said that the implication is that the Ark itself was open. So you remember the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament that God told Moses to build was a box made of acacia wood overlaid in gold, and there was a lid inside the Ark of the Covenant, inside the box. Was some manna from the wilderness, Hmm. was the Ten Commandments on the tablets of stone, Hmm. and Aaron's rod that budded, right? So God caused Aaron's rod to to bud and to bloom. And so these three miracles are kept within the Ark of the Covenant, which was also called the Ark of the Testimony. But then the lid overlaid in gold had two uh, angels, two cherubim, and their wings touched one another. The box was never to be opened. Matter of fact, there was a scene where the, 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 um, in second Sam or yeah. in second, first Samuel, when the Philistines captured the Ark of the covenant and then God sent judgment on, on three different Philistine towns. So they sent it back and it went to Beth Shemesh and the, the men of Beth Shemesh couldn't help themselves. So they pulled the lid off to look inside and the judgment of God fell on them and a plague broke out and they all dropped dead. Yeah. So nobody gets to look inside the Ark of the Covenant. Nobody gets to touch the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant, it was called the mercy seat. The yeah. lid was called the mercy seat. And it was the very throne of God. It was literally the place, the location, the physical location where God ruled over Israel mm. and by extension over the nations yeah. in his presence. And so the Ark of the Covenant was God's throne. It was the place where he sat. Hmm. And so you don't touch the throne. Yeah. And you definitely don't open it up. But remember when Jesus dies on the cross, Luke brings this out, especially, and and actually Matthew as well, that at the moment he breathes his last, there's an earthquake, darkness covers the earth, and the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. And what is exposed? The Ark of the Covenant that nobody gets to see but the high priest once a year. And so the the death of Jesus Christ reveals, opens up the temple... And the Ark of the Covenant is seen. And so what John is literally seeing in heaven yes. is actually a replay of what already happened on the earth. Uh-huh. That at the death of Jesus Christ, the temple of God on earth is opened and the yeah. Ark is seen in its temple. Mm. But the difference in this scene, many commentators believe that the implication is that the Ark itself is opened. Mm. That is, there's nothing closed. Wow. There's nothing hidden. Wow. Everything is revealed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is a crazy scene. So imagine this is John, right? I want you to just see this and experience this the way John sees it. Yeah. Seven seals are broken out. And then all of a sudden, then another door, the the temple of God is open. He looks, the Ark of the Covenant appears. He looks, the Ark is open. He looks, and then all of a sudden, we get to chapter 12. And then all of a sudden, a great sign appears in heaven over here. He looks, and it's a woman clothed with the sun. I mean, a woman. Who puts the sun on like a garment huh. and then she's standing on the moon yeah the moon is under her feet like she's standing on the moon clothed with the sun a garland of 12 stars wow. around her head she's wearing a crown of 12 stars yeah. but she's pregnant all of a sudden she falls down and she's pregnant and she's bearing a child wait a minute this is crazy <laughs> a sun woman she's pregnant. oh she's pregnant and she's crying out and then all of a sudden another star another sign appeared in heaven so he goes from the temple to the woman She's, in pre- she's giving birth. And then all of a sudden, another sign appears, and it's, yeah. a, it's a fiery red dragon. And he's got seven heads, ten horns, and seven diadems, which is jeweled crowns. Seven heads, ten horns. What does this mean? And all of a sudden, the dragon goes to the, the womb of the woman. She's about to give birth, and the dragon stands at the womb with his mouth open. Ah, like he's ready to devour the child yeah. Yeah. the moment the child is given birth, right? And his tail grabs a third of the stars of heaven, throws them to wow. the earth. I mean, and then she bears a male child. He's caught up to heaven. As soon as he's born, straight up to the throne of God, right? And then the woman runs to the wilderness. Now the dragon is pursuing the woman, right? She runs to the wilderness. The wilderness protects her for three and a half years, 1,260 days, which is three and a half years, which is half of seven years, which is half of the perfect time, the complete amount of time, right? And then all of a sudden there's war in heaven. Michael and his angels are fighting the dragon and his angels, but the dragon and his angels could not persevere. They could not beat Michael and his angels and the dragon is killed. Pass down. Right, And now he's cast down. Where is he cast down to? The earth. And now he is pissed. And so now he pursues the woman hotly and he goes after her and her descendants. Why? Because he knows that his time is short. And in the midst of all this, he hears this exclamation of praise. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives. To death. Hmm. Okay, so I wanted you to kind of get the feeling of the intensity, and and get you understand. Number one, John, when he's getting all this, he doesn't have time to get the interpretation. It's just a flood of revelation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He writes it all down, sends it to the churches. John was neither a premillennialist nor a post-millennialist, nor an amillennialist. Yeah. He was not a pre-tribulationist, nor a p- yeah. mid-tribulationist, nor a post. Yeah. He just got this glut of revelation. Yeah. He wrote it all down and sent it to the churches. Secondly, when the churches received it, they read the whole letter in one Sunday. Huh. So even the people receiving it,
1: yeah. the,
0: the pastors did not get this letter and create expository sermons, a series yeah, of expository yeah, yeah, sermons yeah, yeah, yeah. interpreting this. They just read the letter. Yeah, It was the same thing with the letter of Paul. letters of Paul. He sent his letters to the churches. They would get those letters. They would have a Sunday morning service, and the sermon would be a reading mm. of the letter of Paul to the yeah. church at Rome, a yeah. le- the letter of Paul to the church at Ephesus, Galatia, yeah. and so on and so forth. Imagine being in the church, and the pastor gets up, and he opens up. He said, we just received this scroll from the Apostle John, was on the island of Patmos. I believe this is going to bless your heart. I, John, the prisoner of the Lord, (laughs) and they read all 22 chapters in one sitting. The people did not have time for interpretation. It just hit them. And so oftentimes we have to stop and ask ourselves, how would this have hit the first century church? How would this have hit? They wouldn't have time to try to create this eschatological grid. How is it hitting them? Now this Passage of Scripture is actually the theological center of the hmm. entire book of Revelation. Hmm. The entire book of Revelation revolves around chapter twelve. If you don't get anything else, get chapter twelve. Hmm. Now, the thing about chapter twelve is, and from eleven nineteen all the way to to uh, twelve seventeen, you ask the question: Is this about the future? Yeah. Is this about the present? Hmm. Or is this about the past?
1: Yeah.
0: And the answer is yes. <laughs> Revelation 12 is about all of it. Yeah. It's the entire history, cosmic history.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But the thing about Revelation chapter 12 is that what, is, what it does is it contextualizes the history of the earth hmm. according to the history of heaven. Huh. The whole message of chapter 12 is that what is happening on the earth is because of what happened in heaven. Hmm. And secondly, it contextualizes the history of heaven according to the history of of the earth. Hmm. What is happening in heaven is also because of what has happened on the earth. But at the center of that contextualization is Jesus Christ. (laughs) At the center of that contextualization is Jesus Christ himself. That is what happens, what is happening on the earth is not just about what's happened in heaven, but about what's happened to Jesus Christ in heaven. And what is happening in heaven is not just about what's happened on the earth, but what has happened to Jesus Christ on the earth. That is, Jesus Christ is the key to the history of the heavens, and he is the key to the history of the earth, meaning you cannot understand heaven without Jesus, and you cannot understand the earth without Jesus. And the whole point is that things are not as they seem. If you're simply looking at earthly history according to an earthly lens, you don't understand history. You can't understand history by looking through a Marxist lens, through a Hegelian lens. You can't understand it by looking through any type of lens other than the lens of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so the whole point of the prophecy in the book of Revelation is to help us understand what's happening now in the context of what has happened, Uh what is happening, and what will happen both Uh in heaven and on earth. Uh And so there's an intense amount of information in this passage of scripture. Okay. There's three main characters in Revelation 12, three Uh prominent characters, the woman, the dragon, and the child. Uh The woman, the dragon, and the child. The first two are signs. Chapter, chapter 12, verse 1. Now a great sign appeared. The woman is a sign. Verse 3. Another sign appeared in the heavens. The dragon. The dragon is a sign. But the child is not a sign. Huh. The woman is a sign. Huh. The dragon is a sign. But the child is... Is not a sign that is you will never find if you're looking for a literal woman clothed with the Sun with the moon under her feet a crown of 12 stars on her head pregnant in labor giving birth she is a sign of something greater she is a sign of something more she refers to something and you're never gonna find a literal literal fiery red dragon with seven heads ten horns seven crowns flinging stars to the earth from heaven standing at the womb of the woman to devour the child. You're not going to find that. That dragon is a sign of something that points beyond the dragon. But you will find a literal child born of a woman who will rule the nations with a rod of iron, (sighs) who was caught up to God and to his throne. Can I get a witness this morning? Does anybody know who I'm talking about? See, this, the child is the literal Jesus. The woman is not literal. She's a sign. The dragon's not literal. He's a sign. But the child. Amen. Amen. Now let's start with the woman. What does the woman represent?
1: Hmm.
0: Well, let's start with how she's clothed. Hmm. She's clothed with the sun. Huh. She's standing on the moon and she's wearing a crown of 12 stars around her head. This is reminiscent of Joseph's dream in Genesis chapter 37. Ooh, yeah. Remember Joseph, first he had a dream that his you know 11 bales of hay bowed down to him and he was one bale of hay in the middle, 11 bales of hay. But remember his second dream. Huh. He said, there were, tw- there were 11 stars, which were his 11 brothers, huh. and they were all bowing down to him, yeah. but the sun and the moon were also bowing down to him. Yeah. And so the 11 stars represent his 11 brothers, and the sun and the moon represent his father, Jacob, and his mother, hmm. Rebecca.
1: Hmm.
0: No, Rachel. Yeah, Rachel,
1: sorry. out hmm. of brain fart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this woman is clothed with Jacob, She's standing on Rachel. Rachel is her platform. And she's wearing a crown of all 12 stars, meaning Joseph is now a star in her crown. She is clothed with Israel. Hmm. She is cloth- She is adorned with the, tw- the 12 tribes, and she is clothed with the patriarch and matriarch hmm. of Israel. And so she represents Israel. She is Israel. Hmm. But then she's pregnant and crying out with a male child. She's pregnant with a male child and crying out in labor. Hmm. I wonder what that's reminiscent of. What do you think, Chris? Well, I got people here. I got. Yeah. It's so good to have some people here because I can hear some amens. Come on, somebody. I'm feeling it this morning, right? Pregnant and crying out with child. Well, yeah. there's two things that come to mind. Number one, Eve. Huh. Remember when the serpent deceives Eve and what huh. does God say? I will put enmity between you and the serpent yeah. and between your seed and his seed. Yeah. And the, the promise was that the seed of the woman, that is Eve, you're going to give birth to a child yeah. and your seed huh. is going to crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. So the woman is Eve. Huh. But secondly, the woman is Mary. Because Mary literally births within her womb. She, she conceives a male child unto us. A child is given unto us. A son is born and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the Prince of peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So the angel comes to Mary and says, you shall be with child and, and you shall have a, you shall have a son. You'll call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from his sins. So the woman represents Mary giving birth to Jesus. In the earth, but the woman is also the church giving birth to the purpose of God in the earth. And so the woman, she is Israel, she is Eve, she is Mary, she is the church all at once. She is the people of God before the coming of Jesus and after the coming of of Jesus all at once. She represents the people of God, right? So that's the woman. Now, the dragon, let's talk about the dragon, verse 3, and another sign appears. So when you see this this fiery red dragon, the first thought that would come to mind for John's hearers is the Leviathan. And the Leviathan was the ancient monster, the ancient sea monster that's talked about a lot in the Old Testament. And Leviathan himself was a symbol of the oppression of the nations against Israel. So when you're reading the Old Testament and you see Leviathan or behemoth, behemoth was the land version and Leviathan was the sea version, behemoth and Leviathan were not literal monsters that the people, it's not like the Loch Ness monster, you know, that the people of Israel believed in. These were code for the oppression of the nations against Mm -hmm. the people of God, Hmm. right? The Mm -hmm. threat of annihilation because of the oppressive nations against the people of God. Now, the the fiery red dragon has seven heads, and headship is a metaphor for authority huh. throughout the scriptures. So huh. he's got and seven is the number of perfection or yeah. completion. Yeah. He's got all authority on the earth. Huh. 10 horns. Horns is the symbol of power. Huh. And the two numbers that represent completion huh. or fullness huh. in Revelation are 7 and 10. Yeah. So he's got all He's got complete authority on the earth and he's got all power in the earth. And then seven diadems, which are jeweled crowns. He's wearing seven diadems, seven jeweled crowns represents wealth, right? And so he's got all of the earthly wealth. So whoever this dragon is, he controls the authority of the earth. That means he controls earthly governments he controls earthly politics. He's got all the power on the yeah. earth. That means he controls, you know, he he affects wars and wow. rumors of wars, yeah. and he controls seven diadems. He controls all of the wealth wow. of the earth, right? Yeah. Now, uh, he sweeps a third of the stars from heaven and flings them to the earth, which represents his influence and his ability to bring destruction in the earth. Right. So he, when he flings the stars to the earth, it represents the power of this dragon It means he uses his power to bring destruction in the earth. It means that his ultimate goal is not world peace, but world destruction. And so the dragon is controlling the authority, the power and the wealth of the earth in order to bring about mass destruction. Why? Because he hates people because we are the image and likeness of God. Now the dragon, however, does not represent a human person, a human system, or any human government. Hmm. The dragon is Satan himself. Yeah. And verse 9 tells us that. The dragon is that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives yeah. the whole world. Yeah, yeah. He deceives the whole world, and that is how he controls all the authority, all the power, and all the hmm. wealth. Yeah. He does so because he is able to deceive hmm. The whole world. Now that yeah. word deceived takes us back to the garden of Eden, doesn't it? Yeah. Because the serpent, isn't it funny that he appears to, to Eve as just a little old serpent, just a little garden yeah. snake. Yeah. And now he's a fiery red dragon. Yeah. You can't mess with the little old serpent because the little old garden snake is actually a fiery red dragon. Yeah, yeah, he actually yeah, yeah. masquerades as an angel of light. Yeah. He actually prowls around like a roaring lion looking yeah. for someone to devour. And so God, right, and so Eve was deceived in the garden. Yeah. Okay, so we've, we've got the woman and we've got the dragon and now the child. Yeah. The woman gives birth in verse five to a male child. We've gone from Eve to Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is the promised seed yeah. of the woman who ultimately will crush the head of the serpent. She bore a male child, and what do we know about this child? Verse five, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Anybody know where that comes from? Where's that come from? It's one of your favorite passages of scripture, baby. (laughs) Psalm chapter two, Mm. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Verse eight, Mm. ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Verse nine, you shall break them with a rod of iron. Mm. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. And it goes on to say, kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. Mm. Serve the Lord with gladness and rejoice with trembling. My wife loves that. Mm. Rejoice with trembling. Ooh, yes. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So this child is Jesus. But what's interesting here is the woman gives birth to the child and he's immediately caught up to heaven, to the throne of God. Skips his whole life. Skips, you know, it didn't say he was born in a manger. Mm. This recontextualizes the Christmas story. Mm. Because we think of the Christmas story as, you know, this nice peaceful scene where Jesus is born (laughs) and the animals, the cattle are lowing. You know, woo and the sheep and the lambs are around them. And it's a, like the moment Jesus is born, it's just this nice, beautiful manger yes. scene. And here come the <laughs> shepherds and the wise men. Uh-huh. But this shows us from heaven's perspective what yeah, the birth of Jesus looked yeah. like. The fiery red dragon uh-huh. is there with his mouth agape. And, and what looked like a nice, peaceful scene from earth, from heaven, was warfare
1: wow yes
0: what we don't see on the earth was that present at the birth of jesus was a fiery red dragon with his mouth agape waiting to devour the child as soon as he was born
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: you see we've got to rescue the christmas and don't get me wrong that side of it is true as well Yeah. yeah But this is the heavenly side uh, side of the Christmas story.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, the earthly side of the Christmas story, it looks like, you know, uh, 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 like, a, what, what's a nice movie? Like uh, the ba- like a babysitter movie, you know, I just got uh, Jesus inside, you, know, you know, one of those babies movies, right? But from he- the heaven side, it was like war. It was like hard to kill. You know what I mean? It was like, you know what I mean? It's like, there's like, urgh, it's like war. Yeah. And he's caught up to God and to his throne. Yeah. In me, he's caught up to God and to his throne. Now, first of all, what does the the, the devouring, how do we see that in the in the story in the gospels? Oh. There's actually two reference reference huh. to the dragon seeking to devour the child.
1: Yeah.
0: The first reference, there's actually two times yeah. in the Bible that Satan tried to destroy one of God's messengers yeah. as an infant. Yeah. You know where i'm going with this
1: yes
0: what was the first moses moses remember what happens when moses is born yeah. pharaoh tries to kill oh, all Christ. of the male children of israel
1: yeah.
0: and moses was put in an ark and floated out on the nile river
1: yeah.
0: and he was protected yeah. right what happens when jesus is born right
1: Yeah.
0: herod puts out an order to kill all of the male sons of Israel and so Jesus had to be taken away to Bethlehem. Both of those situations, it looks like human actors trying to destroy the messenger of God. But in both situations, what Revelation 12 is telling us is that that was not human actors. Those were human actors who were deceived by the fiery red serpent. That was the deception of the enemy. That was the attack of the enemy. The thing you need to understand is oftentimes you and I think in our lives that we are being persecuted by human actors. We tend to think that we are wrestling against flesh and blood. And, and, And this is how the churches in John's day would have heard this. The way they would have heard Revelation 12 is that our struggle is not against Domitian. Our struggle is not against the Roman Empire. Our our struggle is not against Roman soldiers. Our struggle is not against a human system of government or a human system of economics. Our struggle is not against paganism. But this whole system has been deceived by a fiery red dragon. And so us fighting to try to overcome the system does not work. We've got to fight to overcome the dragon.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And so the question in the minds of the people hearing this prophecy would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. how do we overcome the dragon? Yeah. What chance do we have of emerging victorious against the dragon? How do we overcome yeah. the dragon? Yeah. Okay. And we're going to find out yeah. how to overcome the dragon. Yeah momentarily (laughs) Eugene Peterson said Jesus birth excites more than wonder it excites evil Wow! the birth of Jesus doesn't just excite wonder the birth of Jesus excites
1: yeah evil Wow
0: okay now we're gonna move to the next part of the scene verse 7 and there was war in heaven Mm. and there was war in heaven
1: yeah
0: Michael is the guardian angel over israel so the fact that michael and his angels are fighting the the dragon and his angels means that this is an this is a war for the future of israel right so first so there's war in heaven how many know that there's war in heaven to determine the outcome of your destiny wow. there's war in heaven yeah. to determine the outcome yeah. of your future yeah. and not just you as an individual but us as a church How many know that the destiny of our church is determined by the war that is being waged in heaven? How many know that you cannot win the battle on the earth? You've got to win it in heaven, but you're not fighting the devil on your own. Michael, the archangel, and his angels are fighting against the dragon and his angels. And so the war in heaven determines the outcome of the earth. However, the war in heaven is because the child is caught up to God. And to his throne. Yeah. That is the victory Jesus won on earth.
1: Yeah.
0: Has created the war that is happening in heaven. Huh. Now this is this is really what's interesting. What is interesting is that there's no chronology to chapter 12.
1: Huh.
0: It's, it doesn't start from the beginning and then make its way to the end. Yeah. Right. I mean, you've got all of these images that are multifaceted that are like even the woman. She's past, present, and future. Yeah. She's the people of God. The child represents Jesus, but also represents the, the purpose of God in the earth. Yeah. Also yeah. represents Moses yeah. and the purpose of God in Israel. Yeah. Right? And yeah. the child is caught up to heaven and to his throne. Yeah. Right? Which represents Jesus, but also we who are, are, are seated with him in heavenly places, yeah. far above all power and principality yeah. Yeah. and dominion and might in every name that is named. Right? And then there's war in heaven. After Jesus is caught up to his throne, which means if you're thinking chron- chronologically, you're going to think, okay, when Jesus ascended into heaven and sat at the right hand of God, that's when the war broke out in heaven. But watch what happens at the end of the war. First of all, uh, verse 9. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this. So verse 9 says, verse 8. But they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. This is speaking of the dragon yeah. and his angels.
1: Yeah.
0: Verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out.
1: Yeah.
0: That word cast out or cast down. I like yeah. the translation that says cast down. Really?
1: Yeah.
0: It appears six times in this chapter. Three times here in verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil who deceives yeah. the whole world. He was cast to the earth yeah. and his angels were cast out. So the dragon wow. cast out, cast out, and his angels cast wow. out. Right. And then again, where is it? Sorry. I'm working with multiple screens here. Uh, look at verse 10, the end of verse 10. For the accuser of our brother who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Yeah. Right. And then in verse 11 or verse 12. Okay, I don't have verse 12 on here, but take my word for it. Six times it says he was cast down. Yeah. He was cast down. Do you remember what Jesus said? He told his disciples when they went forth, um, they went forth healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. Yeah. This is uh, Luke chapter 10. And the disciples came back to Jesus and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in in your name. And he goes, of course, Luke 10, 18. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Literally he's saying, I saw Satan get cast down. Hmm meaning that this is a past event. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> This already happened.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? This is not chronological. He's talking about the fact that the enemy has already been cast down. And I yeah. like that word cast down. The word in the Greek is ebleth and it literally means bounced. Yeah. <laughs> the dragon has been bounced. Yeah. The accuser of our brethren has been bounced out of heaven. That is God said you better get you it's time for you to bounce. Yeah. Dragon, it's time for you to bounce up out. Yeah. The dragon has been Cast down, yeah. and then Jesus finishes that verse by saying, "Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the demons are subject to your to you in my name. Yeah. Rather, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Yeah. The dragon has been bounced from heaven, but we've been enrolled in heaven.
1: Ooh, yes. Isn't that
0: crazy? And so this vision contextualizes the tribulation of the early church. Huh. Why are you being persecuted? you're being persecuted because Satan is angry because he's been cast out of heaven. Secondly, he knows his time is short. And thirdly, he knows that his end is eternal torment. And so he is persecuting the woman and her descendants. He could not devour the child. And so he, persecutes the woman and her descendants. And we are of the woman Mm. and her descendants. Mm. Satan knows that his time is short. And so he works tirelessly. He gives his eyes no sleep. He is intent upon doing all that he can for as long as he can, because he knows that even though he engages in the battle, Mm. he has already lost the war. Amen. So why are things so bad? That's really what this whole passage of scripture is all about. Huh. That's really the pastoral purpose of the book of Revelation in its entirety. Huh. Why are things so bad?
1: Yeah.
0: Why are things so hard?
1: Yeah.
0: Why are things so bad for us as the people of God? Yeah. Why do we have to endure the kind of tribulation and persecution that we have to endure? Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you why. Because the dragon is desperately enraged. The suffering of the church is not a sign of Satan's victory but of his imminent defeat and his ultimate defeat. That is, when you encounter tribulation, it doesn't mean you failed. It means Mm -hmm. you are victorious. Mm. And the question is, how do we overcome him? We've got to go back to verse 10. Mm. If I can get it up here. And this is where we're going to focus. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now. now, when say now, say now. it out loud right now. Now, 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 now salvation, Amen. now salvation and strength. Now mm. strength mm. and the kingdom of our God. Now mm. the kingdom of our God yeah. and the power of his Christ. Now the power of his Christ have come
1: yeah.
0: for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night
1: Mm.
0: has been cast down. Now, here's how we enter into that victory. Verse 11. Mm. And they overcame him. Who is him? The red dragon.
1: Mm.
0: They overcame Mm. him. Mm. How? First by the blood of the lamb. Mm. They overcame him first through their faith Mm. in the blood of the lamb. The lamb from chapter five who is worthy to take the scroll. Yeah. The lamb who shed his blood, who died on the cross, Jesus.
1: Wow.
0: They overcame him first by the victory that he won when he gave his life. You overcome him not by your own suffering, Mm. but by the suffering of Jesus. And secondly, by the word of their testimony. Yeah. They overcame him, not just by their faith in the blood of the lamb, but by the word of their testimony. Amen. And yes. the word of their testimony is not standing up in a testimony service at church. Mm. It's their testimony in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's their willingness to be publicly known. Wow. Even at risk of their own lives, to be publicly known as followers of the lamb. Wow the word of their testimony, the stand that they have taken for the gospel
1: of Jesus Christ.
0: And finally, and they did not love their lives to the death, which is simply faithfulness, endurance, perseverance. How do you overcome? Number one, by the sacrifice Jesus made for you. Yes. Number two, By your bold declaration Mm. through both the living of your life and the appropriate speaking of your words of your faith in the sacrifice of Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. Mm. And number three, by clinging to your faith in the blood of the lamb and your boldness to declare your testimony for the rest of your life. Meaning come hell or hot water, I'm not changing it. In death or in life, I follow the Lamb. Really, the message of this passage of Scripture is honestly very simple.
1: Mm.
0: You're not alone. Your struggle is not a human struggle. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood. This is not about earthly politics. Mm. This is not about earthly governments. This is not about earthly empires. Behind all of this is a fiery red dragon who deceives the whole earth. You've got to make a decision. You're not going to be deceived. You're going to believe instead of being deceived. You're going to believe the lamb instead of being deceived by the dragon, and he slanders. He brings slander against the people of God. Hmm. There is a cosmic war that is happening, Yeah. but in the midst of the cosmic war, the the declaration has made, now salvation, now strength, now the kingdom of our God, now The authority of His Christ. Listen, some of us need this revelation today because we've been living in now weakness. We've been living in now failure. We've been living in now defeat. We've been living in now bondage. But the word of the Lord is now salvation, now strength, now the kingdom of our God, now the authority of His Christ. And today, through the power of the revelation that comes to us by the Holy Spirit and the words of Holy Scripture, God is inviting us to exchange our weakness for His strength strength to exchange our bondage for his kingdom to exchange our defeat for his victory now salvation and we can walk in that salvation and in that victory now why because the accuser of the brethren has been cast. Down, He who accuses them, it's crazy that he continues to accuse even though he has been defeated already. Yeah, yeah, we are living yeah, yeah. Between, V-day, between D-Day and V-Day. Yeah. The war is over. The surrender has already happened. But there's still yeah. battles being waged because the enemy knows he's got a short time. But it's a short time. Mm. And this is why the church must persevere. Yeah. I want to encourage you today.
1: Yeah.
0: This passage of scripture, the whole point of it, is not about setting your eschatological clock. It's not about pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. Is it the preterist preterist, uh, interpretation or the futurist? Yes, (laughs) it's all of the above. It's past, it's present, and it's future. It contextualizes your current struggle. There's war in heaven, but you've already won. All you must do is cling to your faith in the blood of the Lamb cling to your testimony, the word of your testimony, and just don't love your life. Mm. You just got to be willing to lay it all down and he is able to empower us to do just that. And so while we bow our heads and close our eyes, I'm going to invite my wife to come join me here and um, we're going to pray for you today and uh, I want you to just bow your heads, close your eyes and pray this prayer with me right now. You say father father i come to you
1: i come to you
0: in the name of your son jesus in the
1: name of your son jesus
0: and i thank you
1: and i thank you
0: for the blood of the lamb
1: for the blood of the lamb
0: that was shed for me
1: that was shed for me i thank you i thank you
0: the jesus
1: that jesus was
0: willing to pay it all
1: was willing to pay it all
0: for my salvation for
1: my salvation
0: he was willing to take upon himself
1: he was willing to take upon himself
0: all of my sin
1: all of my sin
0: all of my failure
1: all of my failure all
0: of my griefs
1: all of my griefs and
0: all of my sorrows and
1: all of my sorrows
0: and so by faith
1: and so by faith
0: i declare
1: i declare that
0: i believe in jesus that
1: i believe in jesus that he
0: is god's son
1: that he is god's son that
0: he is the messiah
1: that he is the messiah and
0: that he is lord
1: and that he is lord and
0: i open my heart
1: and i open my heart
0: and jesus
1: in jesus i
0: welcome you in
1: and I welcome you in. I
0: invite you.
1: I invite you
0: to come into my life. To
1: come into my life. To
0: be my Lord.
1: To be my Lord. And
0: to be my savior.
1: To be my savior. Forgive
0: me of my sins.
1: Forgive me of my sins.
0: Wash me and make me clean.
1: Wash me and make me clean. And teach me
0: to walk with
1: you. And teach me to walk with you. In
0: your holy name I pray. In
1: your holy name I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen and amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to just write it in the chat. Mm. Would you do that? Would you just drop us a line in the chat and just say, mm. I prayed the prayer. That would be so wonderful because we want to know who you are. We want yeah. to know that you prayed the prayer. Mm. We want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. We mm. want to strengthen you. And so we just invite you mm. to drop that in the chat amen. right now. Amen.
1: Amen. amen.